Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, so it is June 7th, and um, the the thing that I've been on about for the last couple days has been aliens. Um, now, I like the whole idea of aliens <clears throat> because to me, it's not like these, uh, you know, super intelligent beings that are far beyond anything that, you know, humans could ever imagine, et cetera, et cetera, and that they're either you know, super aggressive or crazy, or that they're just using us as like cattle and experiments. I, I really don't think that the story is necessarily that exaggerated. I think aliens are closer to us than we think. Um, you know, as far as like little details are concerned, it's too complicated to understand sometimes, uh, what could be, what couldn't be. And you just kind of get lost. Um, so I'm watching, you know, ancient aliens from history. And uh, we've got the first 10 seasons. I think there's another six on top of that. And the information in there is just ridiculous. And it's every little piece of stuff that, you know, people have found and put together. Um, But the thing that kind of blows my mind is that there's certain things in there that, as far as I can understand, can't be refuted. Yet, because of its simplicity, people have basically just you know, written it off. So I'll give you one example, okay? There is a, you know, piece of metal that that was had back in the time of the ancient Egyptians. And this piece of metal was shaped in a certain way. And the shape of this thing was really to kind of draw out basically a map. Now it was a map of the stars. So it had, you know, it kind of looked like a, like a check mark kind of thing, but it, it didn't have such a like hard V down at the bottom, like where the, the check part of it kind of is. It was a little bit more like rounded, like a teardrop. Um, so it kind of, kind of looked like some kind of like massager, back scratcher type thing, you know? And um, I believe that there's a, a cross in it towards the top a little bit and uh, maybe a ball or two, you know, of whatever metal that they were using to build this thing out of. So it kind of looked like a, like a rounded check mark with a line through it to make it kind of look like a little bit like a cross and it had, you know, metal ball on it. Now, this thing, um, if you were to hold it up a certain way and pivot it on whatever part it was there, the, the check mark piece or one of the, the lines of the cross, and you were to pivot it from that point and spin it in a circle, then what would happen is it would draw the trajectory of one of the stars that we can see in the sky. Um, Don't remember specifically what star it is, but it would draw the trajectory of that. So it was kind of like saying, okay, you know, a piece on this, you know, metal object is Earth. Another piece is where this star is. And when you spin it on this axis, that's the trajectory of the Earth and this star relative to each other. So, you know, anybody could have looked up in the sky, seen this thing, and through all kinds of, you know, mathematics and calculations or observations, you know, developed this tool in order to show that. What they couldn't do, however, is build the rest of the tool to show where the rest of all of these stars were in that area that we can't see. Um, 
So there's other stars that are a part of this constellation or whatever the case, and um, they are not visible and they would not have been visible either now or in the past uh, for any reason, whether this is, you know, fucking clouds, time of the the year, whatever. There's There's no reason that we'd be able to see them because they're too far with the naked eye and they've always been too far yet different points on this metal stick um, are exactly where those other stars are and we only found out thousands of years later when we found this thing and we were like oh you know what is this this kind of looks like earth and star number one and then when we spin it okay that makes sense but what are these other points on it? Like, are they other like mapping pieces? And then we go to our star charts that we have because of, you know, satellites and telescopes. Um, and we're like, oh yeah, it's this star. This star that is X amount of more times further and smaller is not visible and would not have been visible up until at least the 18 or 1900s because of the technology that we had or have. So how is it that the ancient Egyptians were capable of knowing where these other stars were, you know, these other celestial bodies. So one thing I can somehow imagine in my head is that they did have telescopes to some degree. Um, and I'm not, you know, like, I don't really understand the planets, you know, I don't study that. So I don't know how far this was or what type of microscope would be needed. So maybe in some weird way, they had a way to know see that far out i guess but it hasn't been found hasn't been discovered hasn't been said hasn't been brought up like so it was it was just one of those things it was one of those things that i'm like if there's no way for them to have seen the star then how is it that they were able to develop a, a mapping tool that shows the stars and so on and so forth anyways so i've been on this big thing about aliens and I try not to look too closely to it. You know, this tool is getting pretty damn close to that line of too close. But, you know, other things that are too close is like, you know, trying to define every single, uh, you know, crop circle that's made. But what's far, which is what I enjoy, which is kind of like a more like a pattern thing, is that there are crop circles that we can't explain. There is information encoded in the crop circles that we can't explain. There are tools built four to 6,000 years ago that we can't explain. There are aerodynamic wooden, what looks to be birds that dimensionally, like mathematically, are the equivalent to the technology that we use today for aircrafts, which we can't explain. Um, so forgetting the individual pieces, what this tells me is that there's a lot more going on that we're unaware of. And I've chalked it up to the idea that yes, aliens have definitely been on earth. They've been here for a very long time, whether they visit or stay the specifics. I mean, that's more speculation than anything. So reading into aliens and, and trying to understand where could they be when it comes to technology? How is it that they get here? Um, you know, is it more of a mind meld thing where they just meditate themselves onto a planet? 
Are they, you know, going through wormholes physically or are they teleporting by disassembling themselves onto wavelengths? You know, like how, why and how is it that we see things pop in and out? Is it a dimensional shift of some sort? Is it a cloaking technology that we don't understand? Or is it uh, some type of mind consciousness connection of some sort? So I'm reading all of this and I'm trying to figure out like, where are the aliens placed in this world of like technology and stuff? And what I've decided is that the aliens are at a, a more advanced, obviously industrial revolution. And, and the fourth industrial revolution is something that I ended up finding on the internet. When I read about it, effectively what it talks about is connecting human consciousness, connecting the brain and the body, biology, connects biology to technology. And we're at that point now where we can do these things. Um, it's kind of difficult because going through all of the different things that I'm reading are going back as far as 2009. And to put them all together individually just kind of makes me look like a conspiracy theory wacko. Um, but basically what I've decided here that I'm understanding is that it is 100% within human capacity currently to connect ourselves to networks, to computers. Let's call, let's just round it all off and call it artificial intelligence. We can connect ourselves to artificial intelligence and we can communicate with it. We know that it's possible. We know that we can do it. It's not mainstream. It's not really something that's talked about too much. And there's a lot of different ways that you can interface with the, the technology. You can do it with cranial implants. You can do it with uh, uh, printable tattoos that use, you know, sensors and, uh, and electromagnetism and, and um, they got like antenna and stuff. And, you know, it's, it's fucking nuts what they're capable of doing. But we can print them onto our arms. We can print them onto our necks. Uh, we can implant this into our skull. We can do all of this stuff right now. We, and, and some of it, it's like visual, like we've seen it happen. Um, we can also take ECGs and, and stuff like that. And we can connect things on top of the cranium and pull information from the wavelengths and the electricity. And we can do things with, you know, just computers, not necessarily artificial intelligence or networks. And, um, you know, we're able to like move things and draw stuff and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So where it gets crazy is that, you know, the, the fourth industrial revolution is the concept of connecting ourselves to the artificial intelligence, to the network. And so what I'm going to do is I've got to take it a little, you know, step wider and I'm going to give it a name. I'm going to call it the grid. And I believe the grid is fundamentally based on 5G technology. So 5G for whatever it is, you know, because I've at some points decided that it was actually a defense grid against the aliens. I've decided that it was a defense grid against humans. Um, I've decided that it was mind reading technology as well. Um, I think there's a lot about it that we're not fully understanding. And, and a lot of it is being determined as just, oh, it's just a speed thing. So getting away from some of like the crazy thoughts, let's just say that it is just a speed thing. 
Elon Musk has said and made it very clear that the technology is there and that we're using it to be able to, to interface with you know, the grid with artificial intelligence. And the reason that it's not functioning how we want it to right now is because of the bandwidth. The, the latency is too high. So that would be like me sending you a message, but you not receiving it for a day. And then you decoding the message and then sending it back. And our communication may be instant because of our ability to communicate. But the time that it takes for the information to get to the other side is too long. So if I had to make a decision within the next 10 minutes, but you only got that message 24 hours later, it would already be too late. So the communication is not really all that great. And when you speed up that connection with 5G, um, then all of a sudden things like remote operations become possible because you imagine to yourself that, you know, like when we... When we click, and my father gave me this example because it was the best way for me to understand it, but when we click a button on the internet, you know, we click a mouse or we click on the on the phone, you know, uh, whatever electronic device that we're using to connect to our current network, basically what's happening is it's sending a signal and that maybe that signal is at the speed of light. But the speed of light is the speed of light from here to New York City or here to Japan. So the New York Stock Exchange, for example, which is based in New York, um, when they make a decision there, when they click a button and they have to process an order to buy or sell a stock from New York to New York uh, versus when China has to process an order to buy or sell a stock from China to New York, it the time may be fractionally small because it's traveling at the speed of light. But the fact of the matter is, is that if two people click that button simultaneously at the exact same time, one in New York and one in China, to buy the same stock, and it can only be bought once, the person in New York will win. So we have to understand that even just on our planet, the speed of light to transfer information digitally is not fast enough for someone who's on the other side of the planet to be able to get it done at the same time as someone who's on this side of the planet. So that is just clicking a button and having something processed digitally. There's basically no friction to that whatsoever. But when you add friction, for example, like a ro robotic arm that has to move. So you push the control up and the robotic arm moves. You know, again, the example would be if the person is controlling an, a robotic arm doing a surgery, a brain surgery in New York, and they're in New York, but, you know, two miles away, the processing of the information might be fast enough that they could do it with very little error. But someone trying to operate from Japan to New York might have more room for error because it's traveling so far, even though that it's ridiculously, almost infinitely fast, um, that there's still room for error because of that, that little bit of latency that exists. So if you can widen the pipe, so to speak, and everything is literally transferring as fast as it can, and there's no friction left, then what could we do? What could we accomplish? Now you gotta put this together with, you know, like having everything connected on a network as well. 
Um, so one crazy thing that, you know, my dad and I were talking about besides the stock exchange, for example, was that like doing surgeries or controlling vehicles on the road, you know, yeah, there's, there's complications to these things because, you know, like a self-driving, you know, car, for example, um, with that paradox of, you know, like, does the car kill you to save someone on the road? Does it kill the person on the road to lessen the amount of damage or does it just, not break and hit the vehicle, hoping that the vehicle will sustain the life of the people in it, in the other vehicle, and then not have to hit the person on the side of the road, for example. That's a decision that needs to be made on a 4G level right now, because that's the network that we're on. But when we move to a 5G network, and we're capable of putting in information that we have, big data, again, right, big data, when we can put that information in, the number of calculations and things that we can observe will almost allow us to kind of predict the future. So, you know, Google owns your location, your interests, um, your, your searches, your, your products, your emails, communication, Facebook owns all those things. Apple owns all those things in different formats and big data, for example, and I know this is kind of a shitty way to look at it, but big data all put together on the same network being computed all on on the same network would be able to determine a rate to which you would commit suicide and that would change from day to day minute to minute hour to hour based on your communication based on what you're buying what you're doing um, it would be able to to formulate the future of people because it's able to process all this information um, so obviously, you know, if, if I just finished spending, you know, $200 and, you know, I seem happy about it in my communications on my Facebook posts, on my blog posts, on my podcast, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, with the emails that I'm sending and how long I work that day and what the temperature is and so on and so forth. And it gives me a happiness rating. My happiness rating is, you know, 78%. But it does this every second of the day, every day for my entire life, going back as far as 1996 when I got my first piece of technology and Google started recording my data. Um, it would be able to say, no, Chris isn't going to commit suicide today. So if he's walking on the side of the road, the chance of him jumping off the sidewalk to get hit by a vehicle is, you know, 0.02%, for example. Um, whereas it can see statistically over the last 20 years that every time I spend $378, that's the threshold, that I get sad or angry and I start making irrational decisions and irrational searches that I go back to drugs or pornography or something in order to compensate my dopamine levels, et cetera, et cetera. And it can recognize this through all my searches. Then when that vehicle is approaching me and it can see me because of my wearables, my, my device, my tattoo, my this, my that, you know, whatever nectronic thing that I have on me, um, the car would immediately slow down to reduce the potential for damage because it knows that I'm more suicidal that day, as an example, or that minute, that hour, that moment. And it knows where everybody is all the time because the network is so fast and flooded with so much data that it basically understands what's happening, everything, when, who, what, where, when, why, and how, right? That is the fourth industrial revolution. Someone once said to me that there are two sides of every story. 
and there's also the truth. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting, and I've lived with that for quite a few years now. And the reason that I'm bringing it up is because, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying that, you know, 5G technology is all of the things that bring the conspiracy theorists out. You know, they're, they're there to mind meld us, to control us, to burn our brains or give us cancer or, uh, you know, control our technology, to read our thoughts, to uh, defend against aliens. I mean, whatever that they can come up with. Um, then there is everybody else, the government and the company saying, oh, no, 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 it's just, it's speed, it's non-dangerous, it's just for technology, it's for your future, et cetera, et cetera. And basically, I think that those are the two sides. And the truth is somewhere in the middle, because what happens in life is a thing called homeostasis. And homeostasis is seen in absolutely everything you, you got to understand more about homeostasis and, and chaos theory to see how the world works but everything is these weird concentric circles of influence and they radiate from the truth and as they go out and they merge with other things they create new truths and it's it's kind of it looks like a weird kind of like Venn diagram almost, but it goes infinitely and on like multiple layers, like dimensions of the image itself. So it's really kind of awkward. But if that's the way that the world is built, then basically it's it's the fact that everything is relative, right? So everything pushes and everything pulls, and there's a threshold, and where that threshold is is where we materialize the actual truth. So if you understand that, what I'm saying is that if one person is saying that the 5G towers are to shoot down aliens and protect us and read our minds, um, and it's all just a big you know, conspiracy for control, and then the companies are saying, no, 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 it's just for technological speed so that we can advance the world, then it's probably the truth is somewhere right in the middle where it's like, yeah, you know what? I mean, in the future, with wearables and with you know uh, AR and and VR and AI, we will be able to uh, read your mind, and we know that that's a possibility in ten years from now. But that's not the intention. The intention is speed, not that it can't be done, and you know, it's, it's probably somewhere in there. So, um, the, the whole thing that I guess that I'm, I'm worried about when it comes to kind of like understanding the aliens and at what point that they're at and, and things like this, which I think is what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, um, is just really what they're capable of doing with or to or from us like what they're capable of hacking so the way that i'm seeing this is that you've got the technological revolution which we're pretty much almost at the end um, of as far as i'm concerned because when you start to merge in the fourth revolution humanity into the technology and vice versa um, when you start making robotics you know biological and we take biology and make it cybernetic um, and we have this merging that happens, that fourth revolution, it only becomes scary if you can imagine yourself being hacked. And hacking is, is really just kind of like, can you break down the door? And the thing is, is that 
We know that because of the literally hundreds of thousands of satellites and space junk that is up there right now, that they can pretty much pull any piece of information from anywhere. Like, there is a company or a government right now that is literally recording this podcast and we know this for a fact it's it's not it's not even a joke anymore you know what they do with it and how they use it to identify or not is kind of like that close look piece that's almost irrelevant the fact of the matter is is the is that they have this and as i'm recording this and my device is recording this and technology is being exerted here to any degree there is a fucking satellite somewhere that is picking this up or the moment that I publish it will pick it up and it will sit there on the network. Now, if we are capable of doing that to our technology, my curiosity is whether the aliens are capable of doing this to our technology. And because I think the aliens are in, you know, there's there's technology there's the technological revolution and then there's the like biology revolution which is the fourth industrial revolution in my mind right now and then so the next one the sixth one uh or sorry the fifth one would be like when we complete the biological one and then start moving into astrological and i think the aliens are and have been in the astrological revolution for quite a while um, and the only reason that they've completed the biological revolution, the, you know, the, the fourth revolution, fifth, I guess, is just simply because they've exerted all of their power that they can on their own planet. So they've traveled to other planets and that's where the next revolution comes. So, you know, when, when, the, when the aliens get to the same point that you and I are headed to in our human world, and they're, they've fully merged their societies and no longer require to make, buy, sell, purchase, and transport food because it's done automatically. The 5G network, the big data, uh, the, the biological processes, and the manipulation of, of genes and biological material that we have on this planet, we're literally creating the perfect substance to consume. Um, yeah, sure, there will still be Big Macs and stuff or whatever, but but this stuff will be available, right? And it'll get shipped out on drones or planes, helicopters, flying ships, fucking transport trucks, cars, Teslas. I don't fucking know because the details are irrelevant, but the food will be distributed to the cities and, and your tattoo, your placement, your uh, device, your wearable, your status, your money, something will identify you on the network, on the blockchain, on the whatever. And when you get inevitably identified, 100% you can't be edited or changed and they know it's you, the thing opens up and it provides you your amount of food or resources or whatever the case, et cetera, et cetera. And that's it. That's, that's all there is to it. So famine gone, like it, it won't, it'll be an irrelevant situation. It'll be like, how can we get everybody to wear the tattoo and the wearables now? How can we put everybody on the grid on the network? Cause that's the next move. And they're, they're farming us. And yes, that's, that's a part of the conspiracy part of this, that 
the only reason that they've ever created any piece of technology, Microsoft, you know, 40 years ago, and, and any phone company that's ever created a phone, Motorola with the first brick phone, it was all a giant move to get us all onto the network. It's like, no, 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 no. They created the phones for communication. We have the devices right now because we can use fucking apps and make companies money and stuff like that. And, and it's all for the purpose that we're using it for. But does it have another purpose? Yeah, absolutely, right? And the other purpose is that it's training us mentally and emotionally uh, to question, you know, uh, where's my chip? Where's my card? Where's my phone? You know, you wake up, you look at your phone, you go to the store, you take out your chip card, you know, <clears throat> you tap and click everything, tap and click everything. You're all, you always got the phone in your face, the screen in your face. It's, you know, you do everything on your phone. You send your emails, have your communications, you, you know, watch your porn, buy your products, coronavirus again uh, you know a big conspiracy right is, is coronavirus real yes and no that's the two sides but the truth is somewhere in the middle it's both yes and no like yeah sure coronavirus is is real you know i mean yeah covid is a set of you know effects that are happening does it subconsciously play with the part of getting everybody across the world to stay home as a way to test the system and say, if everybody stayed home infinitely with money and the availability to purchase, could we live a purely digital life without the requirement of going to a physical location to work? Would the world go in a rest and fall apart? Or would we be okay with it because it's satisfactory? And, and so that would be the question to move over to like 5G, for example, and, and start, you know, releasing the technologies because they already have it and, and say that they can, you know, start giving this out to, to humanity now, you know, for, uh, for, you know, $2,500 or whatever, you can get a fucking tattoo installed that, you know, it, uh, it, it makes your skin itchy in that spot when you have notifications and with your wearables or whatever, it just pops up. And your emotions and stuff control, you know, blah, 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 whatever the fuck they decide to come out with as a product that we would purchase because we think it's cool and it's technology. But really what they're doing is they're saying, are we ready to tell everybody a part of the truth that famine doesn't exist in 10 years, that we want everyone to stay home because you don't need to go out and work anymore. You need to stay home and purchase things. So what we're going to do is we're going to stop printing money or whatever, as an example, and we're just going to give it out and you're going to give it back and you're going to stay home. And you're going to keep doing this and you're going to allow us to do our thing instead, you know. Um, and I and still, again, like I think countries are going to fight other countries and things like this. So the United States wants to have it before China. China wants to have it before Canada. Canada wants to have it before Germany. Germany wants to have it before France. Um so the the system is is changing there's something changing and and you know coronavirus obviously there's a portion of it that listen there's smart people out there that are seeing the truth rather than seeing the two sides of the coin it's not that coronavirus does exist and it's purely just you know a biological oops and it happened and now the whole world is united and band together against you know virus and it's certainly not just 100% a biological weapon man-made conspiracy or whatever to control the population and allow us to put up 5G towers. It's not either of those. It's somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah, it's probably real, but at the same time, it also allows 
the ultra intelligent future, you know, forward thinking, rich, manipulative people that control the planet and everything, right? Who are obviously in contact or know some of the truth about the aliens and other races and stuff. Um, it allows them to look at the world and say, yeah, you know what? The world is ready to, uh, to stay home, you know, and do other things, you know, fucking plant food, for example. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's all for the greater good. They want us to learn, you know, they, they created you to me because they're like, hey, we want everybody to learn how to program. We want everybody to learn survival skills and we want them to stay home. From now on, everybody makes their own garden. And when the Tesla food transport automated AI 5G truck comes by, you put your food on it. It brings it to the giant plant where all the robots make food out of it and stuff or whatever. And, and then we take this biology and then we redistribute it back to the planet in order to equalize food and get rid of famine. Like who fucking knows? Who fucking knows, right? So the thing that frightens me with the aliens is that you know, at what point can they hack that system or hack us and things like this? You know, I mean, we, we would imagine that if they were hostile, they could have done something by now. If they were here to help us just, you know, right out of the gate, they would have done that by now. They've done neither of these. And I think those are the two sides. And I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, and it's something that Elon Musk had uh, tweeted uh, in the last month or two. And he had said that I'm paraphrasing. But he said something along the lines of like how even to the most, you know, like knowledge and intellectual individuals when it comes to technology, um, one piece of technology in a different field is like almost kind of like a miracle to them in their own. Um, basically saying in a way, you know, how I interpreted this was that, you know, the technology that we have here on Earth is not the same as the technology that they have on another planet, maybe in Orion's belt, for example. Some of the fundamentals exist, like it has to be like a physical, you know, product that produces something. You can't have a fully, you know, automated digital artificial intelligence network that doesn't propagate from something. So whether the technology is, you know, giant monuments and obelisks and uh, pyramids, for example, like what we were taught to build, you know, in 4500 BC or 6000 BC. Uh, maybe we don't have that. Maybe we've got this type of technology where we can produce extremely, extremely small microscopic, you know, transistors and put billions of them onto a chip. And that chip can process information that, you know, but maybe they both fundamentally work off the same thing, you know, St you know, stamping out ones and zeros. And that's what the pyramids do. And that's what our technology does. And that's how the aliens do it and whatever the case. But the two systems are like two different programming languages. And from what I understand about security, like, you know, if you wrote a program in one language and you wrote a different, you know, the same program, but in a different language, um, this is this, the reason why we have like platform issues when it comes to gaming. You can't put one game written in C++ uh, on, a, you know, a PlayStation. It has to be written in a different language, for example. So you've got, you know, games that they just, they're not cross-platform. It's like they can't communicate with each other and, and, and it doesn't matter. We're using our own technologies on our planet and have a hard time communicating languages and programs with each other, you know, 
um, fundamentally a computer and a brain might use the same type of, you know, patterns and stuff or whatever, but we have a hard time making them communicate. Um, two different dialects of the same language, hard to understand. Two different languages from two different places on the on a continent uh, or cross-continent, like intercontinental, it, it, you know, don't even understand each other. You know, like English and French or like Spanish and Japanese, like fucking Mandarin and something else. Like, you know, so could a Mandarin person hack an English book? Yeah, sure. Like after fucking years of studying the language and like developing the entire English language for themselves because they've got no one to teach it to them. Uh, yeah, definitely. They, they could do it. This is how we decipher things from, you know, ancient texts. We, we sit there and we go over it, you know, probably a million times until we piece more and more and more and more together. And there's a certain amount of like guesswork and interpretation that comes in at the beginning but eventually we start to understand that this means this and that means that and these two things mean something else and so on and so forth so can aliens hack our technology no i i don't think so i don't really think so it kind of frightens me to think that they could but and you know i i think a part of uh you know everything that's happened on the smaller scale like roswell you know area 51 and things uh, different times where we've supposedly like shot down alien crafts and things. Um, the reason that we did this was because we didn't want them here, uh, or it was the wrong race of alien or something, something, whatever it was. But fact of the matter is that, you know, I think that humans can and have held their ground against alien races whether that be in the past or recent or whatever the case, it's definitely happened on Earth. That, as a grand scale, we know for a fact has happened. You know, there's fucking other shit that have been on this planet before or now, and we've interacted with it. And whether it came and disappeared or how it did so or whatever is almost kind of irrelevant, um, but it's fucking happened, that's for sure. So, now... Um, I don't know. Get, I mean, I guess that's that's about it. Listen, I, I it's a big fucking rant about the the fourth industrial revolution. Uh, big rant about uh, you know big tech and aliens and stuff. But I guess to tie the two together, the the conclusion here really that I've I'm coming to and that I've come to and stuff is that I think the story is approximately that you know it's natural. Um, that as a race evolves on a planet, we don't have technology to begin with. We have to build it. And um, we can't pick up objects with our minds. I don't think that that is possible in carbon-based life forms. I don't care what race you are, what alien you are, what planet you're from. I do not think that it's possible for you to meditate and lift rocks and buildings and build shit with your brain. I don't think that's possible. Now, um, if you were to create a piece of technology that could manipulate 
the earth and you could manipulate the technology with your mind, that's a different thing. But the technology has to be created first. You have to start with sand, rock, wood. You have to bang shit together. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You got to bang, 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 bang everything, bang, bang, bang everything together. You know, bang each other and multiply and, and bang wood to shape it and bang stone to make tools and bang trees to get coconuts and whatever it is you got to fucking do. You got to bang everything around because we're, we're carbon based. It's a physical form of life. <clears throat> That's what it is. Each planet, each planet has their awesome and unique properties. Some planets rain diamonds. Did you know that? The fucking carbon gets compressed in the air as it comes down from these fireball fucking clouds or whatever and it literally rains diamonds so how useless would diamonds be on another planet however diamonds are great for you know electrical currents or uh you know for chiseling out you know other products and tools and granite and stuff and granite is really good for chemical reactions and plutonium farming and things like this and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so you know if if another planet didn't have very much gold and realized the conductive properties of gold and realized that it could make some kind of like ancient version of a solar panel using gold and you know then when they eventually got to go to other planets like earth for example they would want our gold for fuck's sakes like that makes sense to me but just because they got here before we got there doesn't mean that they're more advanced than us it means that their physical reality is different. Their laws and rules are different. They had to understand earth gravity. And maybe to them, earth gravity is so heavy that they get crushed, which is like the same reason why we can't make it under our seas fully. Because, you know, anything that we send down there gets crushed. Even light gets crushed. So maybe that's what earth gravity is like to them. So they're like, well, we can't even get close to the planet because to us, it almost acts like a fucking black hole. This thing just slams us fucking down and, and it's like it's so hard to get on the planet and and you know we've sent some ships and they just fucking shoot them down they, they got these fucking missile things or whatever and and it literally rips our ships apart like we don't even understand like most of our stuff is based on like electromagnetism and 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 like sure we've got you know what they consider to be anti-gravity but they're literally just blowing us up like we don't understand and we're afraid of their fucking nuclear bombs. Like that's if they send one of those here, we're fucked. You know, that's that's maybe what the aliens are saying. So um, I think it's just that they got here before we got there. That's all. And they've done their technological rev revolution and, and they've merged a lot of themselves biologically. Um, that's kind of where we're headed as well, you know. And um, I don't remember I was going with that last part, so. Anyways, so some crazy shit. That's what I've had on my mind lately.